everybody, good morning. Welcome to Down to Earth with Harriet Kamek. And as usual, we are live and we are recording this. And uh, I am so grateful that you've chosen to join us. It's Monday, the 14th of October, and I don't know about you, but I'm beginning to think they did something to us because guess what? It's the 14th of October. And I don't know how did we get to the 14th of October so quickly. I'm almost sure that the 14th of October did not just happen, but yet it did. So I just want to thank you so much for joining me on my broadcast this morning. If you're listening to us, thank you for joining us. I'm so grateful you've taken time out of your schedule to be with us on this morning as we talk about a topic that I find that is infinitely more and more complex as it grows. So, you know, whenever I go somewhere and talk about human trafficking, it amazes me how people tend to ask questions about what is human trafficking? How does it happen? Who does it impact? How did it start? People are eternally curious. And as we try to uh, answer those questions, it, it keeps evolving and changing. And I, 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 I was like most of us this past week, last week, we were all shocked to see uh, the story emerging on trafficking from Arizona. So I'm going to go into details to talk about that because this is something that is another form of trafficking. And as one uh, law enforcement official described it, it's the purest form of trafficking. So uh, it, it, it's, it's the most amazing thing. <laughs> and the, the thing about it is, is how it impacts people. And I'm always kind of like everybody else. I'm always a little bit like, why are people so, uh, ingenious when it comes to finding ways to make money that are nefarious and that hurt others? It never fails to amaze me. So what I'm going to do today, I am going to go into detail and talk about this story that we all saw evolving and how it impacts people. It's just the craziest thing ever. Human trafficking. Unbelievable. But the other story that we're working on, we'll come to you with it tomorrow, is a story about uh, how Christians are under attack. Anybody notice that? It's, it's wrong to say God, but it's not wrong to talk about other forms of religion. But it's wrong to talk about God. We're finding a football player for wearing something identifying his faith, but it's okay for everybody else to say I'm Buddhist or it's, uh, it's okay to say I'm Muslim. It's okay to say I'm Islamic, but it's wrong to, for someone to wear something that says it's almost as if the culture wants to erase the name of God and erase anything godlike from the culture. And we gotta, we gotta, we gotta figure out where are we going with this. It, it, it's one thing for you not to like it, but I don't, you don't have to push it away because I like it. It's the same way you want me to accept all the other things you say about yourself. You don't want me to accept it. I don't have to like it, but you want me to accept it, right? So we should coexist. We need to get that straightened out, right? And, and as we move along, uh, if you're in the Lansing area this coming Wednesday, I'll be at the toast on, uh, East, uh, on Grand River Avenue in East Lansing. And we'll be talking about the intersection of human trafficking and immigration. So make sure you come out and join us as we present from a perspective of what can we do about it. Um, I am a little troubled by 
what I see in the culture. I, I remember some years ago when I was first introduced to human trafficking as a vice, as a form, a nefarious form of evil perpetrated on unsuspecting people that I was very alarmed was is a is a word to describe it i was confronted with an evil in human beings that i thought had gone away i thought that at some point in our evolution as a culture and as a civilization we had erased that particular part of us that seeks to control others especially for profit and seek to control and take advantage of vulnerable people. And I was confronted with that evil about three years ago. It's going on four years now when I uh, entered into human trafficking. Uh, and for some reason, I thought that for some reason, I wanted to believe that it was gone, but clearly people are, are not, uh, People are not forgiving or people are just as nefarious as they come. And so I, I, I sought to view this from the perspective that, you know, we're all trying to get there, but human trafficking is real. And human trafficking is a form of, it's, it's, it's slavery and it's modern slavery. 400 years ago, black people from Africa, Africans, were human trafficked to the Americas, to North and South America, to Central America and the Caribbean. Make no mistake about that. I am one of the descendants who came from Africa. I'm a mixture of everything else, Europeans and Africans like most folks are. But that was slavery. We refer to it as slavery historically, but it is human trafficking because it involves the movement of people against their will for profit fraud, coercion, or force. They were forcibly removed, fraudulently brought to the Americas on some case that they would be helping others, yeah? And they were coerced, right? And it so, so when you look at it, it is human trafficking because they were sold for profit. In fact, there is a case moving through now in evolving out of Alabama, no surprises there, concerning the Clotilda and the descendants of the slaves. That was the last slave ship that the owners of that slave ship and the investors in that slave ship actually violated the law because by that time, slavery had been outlawed. And they violated the law and went to Africa and took people from Africa and brought them to a place in Alabama and created a, a thing called Freetown or some foolishness they called it, right? And those descendants from all of that slave ship are still living there. And the people who brought them over, their descendants are now worth 35 to $55 million. I think that's a solid case for reparations. I think that's a solid case for suing them for human trafficking. And their descendants should be held accountable. Yeah because we have to stop it. Now, in today's modern parlance, what we are finding is that human trafficking, it's evolving, it's taking on different forms, and it's proving to be quite the challenge even for law enforcement officers to enforce. Very rarely 
do we get a successful case of human trafficking through the courts simply because the victims do not cooperate and the victims do not cooperate because they have been victimized and going through the court system, going through the legal system is every bit as dehumanizing and is every bit as subjective so much so that it turns people off. Nobody wants to go through that. In fact, they want to forget. And sometimes, more often than not, the victims are terrified of the abusers. They're terrified of the trafficker who had trafficked them. Hence, more often than not, law enforcement seeks other charges against perpetrators of trafficking because they are more successful at getting them charged for under the RICO statute or under the uh, or under for dr drugs because that will stick because then you don't need collaboration from the victim. What you need is the hard cold facts. So they'll throw the book at them and give them more time. And that works because the trafficker is off the streets. But what you're finding is that it's such a lucrative business, it's tax-free, free flow of money, that someone else out there with nefarious intentions looks at it and says, wow, that's another way for me to make a lot of money. Let me go for it. Why not? And so what we find happening is that as we work to end trafficking, one of the clearest things that we can do is to bring an awareness so that the public knows. So when the public sees it, the public can come forward and tell us that it is happening. Call 911, text 27333, and so on, so that the public knows where to go with the information. Just give details, give as much details as you can, so then we can stop it. Because this case that I'm about to tell you of, it's absolutely going to blow your mind. It's If you never saw the story, when you learn of it, you're going to be, what on earth is going on? And I say all of that because it seems to me that we have just shifted on the Richter scale. We, it, 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 we thought we were progressing as a civilization. We were evolving. We're regressing. We're going back and back and back. We're not moving forward. It's almost as if the needle got stuck there for a while and then we just started saying, hey, let's just go back to doing things the way we used to do things and make some money. So the story centers around this Arizona official. His name is Peterson, right? I cannot believe he has a normal name. His name is Paul Peterson, PP, Paul Peterson. He's actually an Arizona official, right? But more importantly, he was an adoption attorney from 2005 and he seemed to have found a way to make this work for him. And here's how this guy did this thing. He found a group of vulnerable women in the Marshall Islands, right? And he pays someone to find pregnant women over there who want to have babies to give their babies up for adoption. He brought them here to the U.S. in three states, Arizona, Arkansas, and Utah. Go figure a multi-state deal. And he had homes, had houses in these locations. One in one parent, who adoptive parent, who went to look at the house, found that he had one house with 15 women in the house, some of them sleeping on the floor. They called it a baby mill. So as soon as they, he put them on Medicaid, he found a way to put them on Medicaid. And as soon as he 
they had the baby, he would put the babies up for adoption. The babies, he charged anywhere from twenty-five to forty-one thousand dollars for a child. That is human trafficking in its purest form. That's slavery. He literally paid somebody. Somebody paid him to get a baby. Are the parents who adopted these children wrong? Well, the parents didn't know of the scheme. They just know he was an adoption attorney whom they contacted. But, and maybe he said things like, well, the birth mother doesn't want to come forward. The birth mother gave up the baby at the hospital. And so there'd be no contact from the birth mother, whatever. But my thing is this, if you're seeking to adopt a child, don't you want to know where the child came from? Don't you want to know stuff about the child? So they bought a child. These people paid $41,000 to buy a child. And then you're walking around telling everybody, showing pictures, look at my son, look at my son. If you don't have a relationship with the surrogate or with a woman who gave birth to the child, you paid for a child. That's slavery. White people were doing it. Black people were doing it. Everybody was doing it. And we never wanted to call it what it is. It is slavery. If you are paying for a child, it is slavery. We need to re-examine adoption then to define, well, are you adopting a baby from an agency? Are you adopting a baby whom you know of the mother? Or someone just gave birth in a hospital and gave up a child and you had to pay. I, I am beginning to think that there should be no money exchange for, for this. Your legal fees should not be more than $2,500 for filling out the paperwork. If you're paying $41,000, you must think that something else is going on. So should the parents be held liable? Yes. What about all the other persons who performed in it? He had a willing uh, uh, participant. He had another woman. Her name is uh, something or other, Janet something. And she has a problem. So here's how this guy did his thing. He paid someone to find these pregnant women. He placed them in houses, purest form of human trafficking. They had no choice or autonomy over their movements. So it's not like they came to the U.S. and, you know, they could just go to California or they could go to New York or Florida or Texas or Michigan as they wish. No, they were under his thumb, under his care. I don't know what happened to them. The story didn't tell us what happened to the women after they gave birth, whether they went back home to the Marshall Islands or they continued to live here. All we know is that they gave, came here pregnant and gave birth here. And the president is fighting people who are born here. This is what they should be looking into. They should be looking into human trafficking and focus on that, right? Now, look at this stuff. How do we as a society allow things like this to happen? Now, this dude was, uh, was an attorney, an attorney of all things, people. And he broke the law. And he made it work for him. And then he ended up being a county assessor in, of all places, Maripole County, Maripoa County in Arizona. We all know about that. The sheriff from Maripoa County. Everybody knows about him. I think he's running again, right? 
Can you believe it? The purest form of evil. Human trafficking is evil. Make no mistake about it. And there's so many questions emanating from this. Like, how did he get to participate? I mean, how did he get away with this? Well, why would he not? First of all, he's white. So he moves from one state, from Arizona to Arkansas to Utah freely. He's an attorney. He has privilege and access. He's a county official in Arizona. So he has means, access, and power to execute and do what he did. The, 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 the investigation says he actually started importing people in 2015. Prior to that, he apparently just functioned as an adoption attorney. But here's the thing. The people who used him did not find anything wrong with his methods or his means. I mean, if I'm seeking to adopt a child and you come and tell me the adoption process is going to cost me $25,000, I'm going to ask you why. What are your legal fees? So what am I paying for? Your legal fees are $25,000. Why are they so high? It's not a criminal case. You're not going to court. You're simply, are you, you know, are you're simply finding, executing the paperwork. Ah, so you have an adoption service. Well, what are you the fees for? So these parents, he also took advantage of people's vulnerability. They're looking for, you know, they want to be a parent. So they're looking for um, ways in which they can be a parent, right? And, and so they're looking for what pleases them and what works for them. And they have no idea that what they're doing actually is causing harm. And I don't know about that because I'm still wondering at what point did you not ask any questions? I don't know. I ask questions. I mean, I go to the doctor and the doctor says they're going to do something. I don't nod along and say, okay, doc, you're on the right path. You can do this. I ask questions. So I want to know at what point did no one, and he's been doing this to 2015. Thank God somebody caught him because he would have continued on his baby mill process for the rest of time. And he would have gotten away with it. No one would have caught him. No one would have seen it. Nobody to stop him. He just went on and on producing baby after baby, trafficking in human beings, engaging in modern day slavery. As if unchecked, as if there's no law, there's no order, there's no judgment from the society. He didn't care about any of that. There were 70 pregnant women involved in this scheme. So multiply 70 by 25 to get some idea of how much money this dude was making. In addition to his salary as a Maricopa County uh, person uh, official. So he was making money on both sides of the fence. He had the, the means and he had the access to, to be able to, to do whatever he wanted to do. It's, it's the craziest thing that you've ever seen or heard right? It, it's just crazy to me how people get away with stuff that, that absolutely is mind blowing to the rest of us. Like he was under the radar and no one saw this for years. And I just want to ask the question. <laughs> I, I am just amazed because I'm trying to figure out 25,000 times 70 to give you some idea of the scale of it. They say it was $2.5 million that he made. 
this dude made $2.5 million off selling human beings, selling babies. Now, when you look at this in the broad spectrum, you have to ask yourself, how are these children going to feel when they grow up? Because at some point they're going to discover something, right? Because their parents are, are, are going to tell them they were adopted and they're going to ask them, well, where did we, where did I come from? Who were, who were my parents? Who was my mother? Who was my father? Why did they put me up for adoption? Right? Where did I come from? So you have to ask yourself, what are these human beings going to think about themselves when they discover that they were actually sold for profit? So you paid $41,000 for me? That's what I'm worth to you, $41,000. Well, no, honey, we sent you to college. Really? So you were doing me a charitable thing as well. And you have to ask the question, you know, it's it, the question surrounds fertility and why are so many people adopting more than ever? I mean, we've always had issues with adoption for years. We knew people were always doing stuff. We thought we shut that down. We knew people were always uh, stealing babies out of hospitals. You know, they engage in all kinds of things to satisfy a demand. People, some people simply can't have a baby. So they've tried every which way they have tried all the fertility treatments. Nothing works. So they just say, okay, we're not going to bother with that. We're just going to adopt a child because they want to fulfill a desire to have a child of their own whom they can raise in, in an image and in a way that and of their liking, right? And, and there is nothing, let me just help you out. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting an offspring. It's human to want to provide care for a child. We all get inspired by babies. You're in the supermarkets at the checkout line and you see a baby next to you. We all clone around with babies. You're walking, you're on the plane, you're standing in line at the airport. We all clown around with babies. I mean, babies are fascinating human beings. They're the smallest of us. And you look at them and, and the fact that they're so innocent, you're looking at them like, you, dude, you don't even know what's coming down the pipe. Little girls, stay little for as long as you can, right? So babies are fascinating. It's human to want to see your offspring. It's human to want to raise up a person and love them and provide care and protection for them. It's completely human. So the parents here in their desire to seek to have children are not wrong. Someone took advantage of their vulnerability. And in their perhaps desperation to have a child, they were willing to go to pay more money to get a child and so, because they probably thought they were paying for uh, legal services. Instead, they found out that they were actually being trafficked. Can you imagine how they feel? And what are these children going to have to put up with later on? What are they going to have to deal with in order to understand the process of how they got here? So I'm asking the question, who got these women pregnant? 70 women. So who got them pregnant? I hope it wasn't him. Why do you all get the feeling that it was him who got them all pregnant? Right? So, because you have to ask, though, that the women who came from the Marshall Islands, which is where they came from, who are the men who joined in the conception with them? Where are those men? I sure hope it's not this guy. What a thing it would be if it turns out he fathered all these children. Everyone should take him to court for, for, for child support. Put the lid on this thing. 
I mean, these stories, this is the second time in as many weeks we're coming across another story. I mean, just last week we covered a story. We talked about a story in which uh, a man, uh, when he was a medical student, had donated, been, been a sperm donor to find out that the, the, the clinic replicated his sperm. And so he has 17 children out there that he can he he has no capacity to support or to provide emotional support to that is the craziest thing we've ever heard so i hope this guy was not busy having sex with all these women so that they could produce seven eight children it's it's the craziest thing i, I i'm still trying to, to to understand it and process it because human trafficking is so multifaceted and multi-pronged. This is just one part of it. And the sad thing about this is he might not be the only one. I would not be surprised if more stories do not emanate and come forward out of this. I simply would not be surprised at all because simply because it's human nature. And it seems as if people are always going to find ways in which they can take advantage of vulnerable people. This is why most people try as best as possible not to expose their vulnerability. This is why people try as best as possible to take care of themselves. Because it seems as if the more vulnerable you are is the more open you are to exploitation. And frankly, none of us want to be vulnerable. None of us want to appear to be vulnerable. None of us want to be exposed in that way. And this is sometimes when you see all these young people across the country disappearing and people, people saying that their children have disappeared and are taken, you have to really start wondering where are all these taken young people going to? Is someone running an experiment somewhere? Is someone uh, taking them and keeping them in some kind of facility? Are they being used in, 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 in these kinds of situations where they're being used as adoption dummies, bunnies, where they just make children and the children are taken, they just have children, they get pregnant and the children are taken, they get pregnant and then the children are sold and they make money for others. You never know what's going on in the house next door to you. People put up a normal facade. This man lived a facade of, of, of normalcy. He looked normal. He even became a county official. He was the image of the upstanding white male dude. He probably even donated to charity. He was probably the nicest person you could meet. He lived next door to someone. He probably kept his lawn right. Probably even distributed Halloween candy. You would be surprised how people keep themselves and keep doing things to to create this facade of normalcy. You would be surprised, my friends, who is engaged in human trafficking. You would be surprised who is buying sex and who is having sex with a 12-year-old girl. You would be surprised who is having sex with a 12-year-old boy. You would be surprised. People look normal. They, we all put on a mask when we open our garage doors and drive out every morning. We go out in public and we put on this face that I'm the upstanding innocent citizen. But in fact, people hide, they have to hide these evil intentions. This is why I don't trust anybody around my children. I don't trust anybody around my daughters. I don't know who you are or what you do. I don't care how you smile in my face. 
I don't know what you're thinking behind your eyes because I can't see your mind. I can't see your thoughts. And based on my experience and exposure to what people do, you rest assured that guess what? I'm not trusting anyone at all. Do you blame me with what I know? And I think it's time for us to start really looking at our children for who they are and being mindful of how we talk to our children and exposing them to information that could possibly be dangerous to them. We have to tell our children not to be trusting. We have to tell them that evil is evil, is evil, is evil, is evil. Don't just blindly send your children to camp. Don't just blindly send your children next door. Ask questions, probing questions of your children. Investigate people, do a Google search on people. People want to come into your life. They want to be around, especially when they seek to come around your children. Watch them. Do a Google search on your neighbors. See what's up with them. You're going to find some of them might be pedophiles. Some of them might have stuff. 